Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
You have tuned in to the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Thank you all for tuning in. There you have it. Last night, the Wyatts make their debut on WWE television. Creepy as all get out. Interesting stuff coming out of WWE. Thanks for tuning in. 347-838-9815 is the number to call if you want to talk wrestling. Go home show last night. Did they put over money in the bank? they sell that pay-per-view to you? We want to hear from you and your thoughts on Monday Night Raw last night. Check out Facebook, facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. You definitely got to check that out. Check out Twitter, at The Ken Reedy Show, and our website, thekenreedyshow.com. Always have interesting stuff up on the website, blogs, information, so you definitely want to go and check our website out. As always, my tag team partner on the line, Dave, is here tonight. Creepy, creepy debut. Last night, Dave, on Raw, you ready to talk some wrestling today? We're here. We're coming. Yeah, it was pretty creepy last night, actually. I, I Let's get right into it. I Let's go. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome last night. Yeah, I mean, I think we're really kicked on the Wyatts just to kind of, we're going to get right into the whole Wyatt family debut and Monday Night Raw last night. But as we're getting ready to go to air and we're coming up with our whole outline of things, go figure. And to piggyback our last show where, unfortunately, it was one of the few negative shows you'll hear on this programming. But uh, we're talking TNA. We're talking what's going wrong with TNA and... As news is broken this afternoon, it seems as if it's been reported on a numerous numerous dirt sheets that Matt Morgan asked for and received his release. So a guy who, uh, good look, big guy, big in stature, uh, not a bad worker, not a bad talker. You would think uh, you look at the whole package with a Matt Morgan, uh, they could have found something to work for this guy. Uh, the stealing of... Hulk Hogan's gold cape seemed like uh, they're moving in a, a, a direction, at least, with his character. Seemed to drop the ball there. Um, who knows? Again, question marks abound when it comes to TNA. But Dave, Matt Morgan, it seems like no longer a part of TNA. Yeah, that's a shame because he was one. He was one of the guys that came over from the WWE that was heavily misused, and it was an opportunity for TNA to really make him their somewhat of a homegrown talent and they they had some promising moments with him at times early on in his tenure in TNA but um you know a few it was probably about a year back there were rumors of him leaving he even made some you know cryptic tweets about him going home and you know a lot of people referred to the, to that as being you know uh, working for the WWE and then he showed up and uh, you know, back in TNA, and it looked like they were going to do something with him, with him and Hogan. And you know, like you said, it was promising. They had you know a, a, an angle where he stole Hogan's cape at one point, the gold cape that he that Hogan used to wear when he was managed by Classy Freddie Blassie in the late seventies. So uh, you know, there was a lot of wrestling history there that you know they could have capitalized on to further the storyline between the two but at the same time there wasn't really any kind of like you really couldn't figure out any kind of direction or endpoint with that and then he just has been you know off television for quite a while i think he was in a bound for glory series qualifier a few a few weeks back maybe a month ago and he didn't even make the bound for glory series so you know 
I mean, I didn't see it, but the writing should have been on the wall for a lot of people when, you know, a guy like Matt Morgan, as talented as he is, doesn't even isn't even involved in the world title picture, and he's off of television. So in some ways, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that this happened. But, um, you know, he's a free agent now, apparently. Well, I mean, we'll see. You know, it's it's not 100% confirmed, too, that he's that he's been, you know, released, too. Like I said, last year, everyone thought he was gone from TNA, and he ended up re-signing with them. So, um, if he does leave TNA, obviously there are a lot of promising options to to, to work with in the WWE for a guy like him. Um, he's fresh meat, you know, in terms of working with guys like Kane and John Cena and the Rybacks and, you know, even the Brock Lesnar's and, you know, so... I mean, if he goes there, it's great. But, you know, TNA, in my opinion, really dropped the ball with somebody like him, especially considering that his previous run in the WWE was very underwhelming and they dropped the ball on him early on. Yeah, interesting stuff. You know, again, you, you hope that they're going to right the ship. And, again, we ended Sunday's show. Uh, so, you know, we hope they turn things around and then this news breaks. So, uh you know, go figure. Again, a guy, I just can't fathom, you know, that whole thing. We talked about the writing. Like, you, you couldn't find something for a guy like Matt Morgan to do. Go figure. But that is the breaking story. If we uh, get any news over the run of this program this evening, we'll be sure to get it right out to you ASAP. But it's it's all the buzz. You talk to any wrestling fan uh, the wrestling world was all a buzz uh, leading into their debut. Some very entertaining vignettes, very creepy vignettes. Uh, a cult, it seems, um, that they they they're going this cult storyline. Uh, the Wyatt family, uh, just uh, you know, not enough good things to say about the lead-in. Uh, they finally make their debut last night, starting off with a, a creepy promo. We're here. Um, Enters the ring, uh, proceeds to hand Kane the beat down. Uh, you know, basic, I guess, is what as far as you know, coming in and, and making a name by uh, beating down the biggest dog in the yard, so to speak. But uh, I did like the fact that you had uh, Wyatt kind of sitting back on the uh, the rocking chair while his his minions did his bidding, if you will. Uh, lots of speculation whether Kane's going to actually make it to this Sunday's. Money in the bank, but uh, I don't know. I mean, you can make, you know, if you want to start really, really, really nitpicking, I guess we could talk, you know, we could find something negative, but all in all, between the lead-in and what we saw last night, to me, all signs pointing upwards for this faction. I'm I'm excited about it. Um, I'm excited if we'll get an explanation uh, why they went after Kane, or what that's gonna gonna be involved, what's gonna be involved with that? But uh, I'm I'm real excited, Dave. I, I think this is like something that's that's very different. Uh, it's another group. Uh, it's just it's something that I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this whole thing develops. Yeah, I'm I'm digging it a lot. I mean, you know, the the, the lead-in videos with the WWE.com reporters trying to figure out where they are and then eventually getting in the house and you know, I thought that stuff was pretty cool. Um and then of course, you know, the entrance. I mean, I, I dig the entrance with the with the camping lantern with him holding it and his followers following him with the lantern with the lights out. It was so cool, so different. Um, the, the lantern really fit their persona being, you know, out in the, the, the backwoods of, you know, whether the panhandles of Florida, I think, you know, 
but it, it was it was so cool and different. And I I mean, Baltimore has not been known to be a real rabid wrestling city, unlike you know New York, Chicago, Philadelphia. Um, but Baltimore, they popped pretty big for them and, you know, for, for the Wyatt family. And that's a testament to the angle and to the storyline and to the performers itself that this is going to get over. If you could take a city like Baltimore, who doesn't really – it takes a lot to get them to jump out of their chair, but it didn't take much last night during that segment. Um, considering that that segment followed um, a dead match between Christian and Kane, which followed uh, the, the McMahon family job evaluation of Vicky Guerrero. So, um, but I love the lantern. And, you know, another thing, too, I noticed about it as well that I really liked, um, for some of you MMA, UFC fans out there, normally when you watch a fight, the cameraman is facing, always facing the fighters. They're coming out usually from, like, the back of a locker room, and then they go down the aisle. And then once they get close to the octagon, then the camera kind of cuts away a little bit, and you get a few different angles. The way the camera was shooting on these guys, it was like, you know, it was just straight. You know, you didn't see, like, a side view from, like, a, a rolling camera or the, even from the hard camera. It was just really close up. I thought the production of it was really well. The beatdown was basic, but the beatdown at the same time, you know, a lot of people online have been complaining about it, but to me, it, it's it's a statement that, that, that they were making. Like, we're here, and we mean business. And, you know, it, it, it could be a case of Kane was in the wrong place at the wrong time, or this could be leading something to them and Kane eventually. Or maybe Kane, you know, this is their way of taking Kane off the TV if he's been hurt. I mean, who knows? I did like the spot with the steps. I thought that was pretty cool and different, something I hadn't seen. Um, you know, the way they kind of guillotined Kane uh, with, with the, with the, uh, the inverted portion of the, the, the top of the steps. But it was overall, it was pretty cool. Um, the Husky Harris chance I could, could care less for. Because, you know, I think that's just the marks out there wanting to be, you know, a part of the show and thinking that they're doing something, you know, being rebels, you know, to the organization. I mean, if that, you know, this angle is going to stay, this group is going to stay, it's not going to be killed because somebody chanted Husky Harris. I mean, let's face it, 99% of the WWE audience that aren't children boo John Cena, and the company still portrays him as a baby face, and he still is the number one seller in T-shirts and in the ratings. So, go figure. But... To me, last night, that was a great way to introduce them. It was the highlight of the show for me. That's why we're opening up with it here tonight on the Ken Reedy Show. Um, I can't say enough good things about it. And, uh, you know, from here on out, it's, it's, they're going to be must-see TV, at least for me, as far as I'm concerned, right now in WWE. Yeah, I mean, the, the big thing with that is, is that it is so different, at least from what we've seen. And, and it, it's interesting that... You know, there are a couple things that, that strike you that, again, we, we've talked about this and, uh, you know, going back and, and, you know, most wrestling fans, we're not the biggest proponents of, of the PG and the PG era. And that, that's where we're at as wrestling fans. But I have noticed that over time, like, and we're never going to see, we're never going to see the Attitude Era again. There's no reason for it. I mean, the Attitude Era was birthed out of, all right, we're dying here. Let's show a lot of sex and violence and maybe we'll bring some viewers back. Uh, we're not going to see that again, but I do. I I think the WWE over the past year or so has gotten at least a little edgier with certain things. Um, you know, Brock Lesnar being back in the fold obviously adds a, a tremendous level of of violence, ups the violence. And uh, you know, the one thing that struck me about this Wyatt family is, and, and I get it, it's still PG, but it's it's edgy and it's it's creepy. You know, it is something that uh, 
You know, I'm sure that there could be a number of children out there that would jump into their parents' lap watching some of these promos. Um, it's just, it's edgier, and it's something very different. Um, I like the way they did it. You know, we've had cultish kind of storylines before, but I like this whole backwoods vibe. I, I just like everything they're doing. Um, you brought up the chant. I mean, shame on you. Shame on you, Baltimore fans. You guys out there, for shame. For shame. Do you really, with the Husky Harris, I mean, you really have to go there. I mean, it's so unnecessary. It's like, are you, are you, are you breaking news? I mean, is any wrestling fan out there worth his salt, like, not know that that's Husky Harris, formerly Husky Harris? I mean, do we really have to do that? The one thing I've always, I've always kind of looked at, and it's interesting, you know, wrestling has changed over the years, and I always kind of looked at when you looked at classic drama as the wrestling fans being kind of the Greek chorus. And when you go back to classic drama, and then the Greek chorus would help, uh, describe certain action or help facilitate the storyline uh, uh, separate from, like, the rest of the actors in, in the play. And I always thought that, like, the wrestling audience kind of fit that bill, at least going back in wrestling. And it's changed because we all know it's sports entertainment. We all know it's scripted. You don't have that kind of realism that you used to have. But, I mean, can we just can we just enjoy it? Can we just accept that, like, it, Husky Harris doesn't exist anymore? Can we Can we just do that? This is Wyatt now. Can we just go in that direction, you know? We all know it. I guess you're trying to be clever and funny, but it just, it just didn't work. And the best I heard, like, at, you know, I wish I got to give – I'm not going to take credit for it. I wish I could go and find, like, where exactly I saw it posted. But tooling around on the Internet, and someone posted, you know, those fans that are chanting Husky Harris are the same fans that are going to be pissing and moaning when six months from now, because the gimmick hasn't gotten over and Vince McMahon hears those Husky Harris chants, that they turn them face and they're having a dance-off, a hillbilly dance-off against tons of funk. So, you know, I mean, you want the gimmick to get over. Like, just enjoy it, you know? Uh, I did find it interesting that it was, uh, you know, they are setting them up, obviously, to be heels. Uh, They did get a nice pop when they first walked out, which would be interesting to see how those, uh, how the chants develop, how the, the, the crowd develops and where they go with the character. If they keep them... You know, in the you know, as far as storyline goes, they keep them heels, or is there a, a you know a, a methodology to move them into being faces? I mean, to me, it's it's kind of tough to keep a you know whether the crowd is cheering or booing. It's tough to make a cult uh, like the good guys, but we'll see exactly uh, where that's going to go. But very excited to see uh, what direction they're going to go in. Uh, you kind of touched on it, Dave, but the interesting thing right now is. You know, what is the involvement with Kane? And and patting ourselves on the back here, and I know we joke, but, man, I still keep thinking there's someone in Stanford, someone out there who's listening. They're listening, but we threw around a couple of ideas a, a few weeks back what, what we should do with uh, the, um, the the cult, the, the, the Wyatt family, and what, what who they should start a program with, and we went back and forth. And then one of the ideas we came up with was Kane. And we thought that that would be an interesting program. Now, again, you touched on it. Like, do they take Kane? And is this a program they're going to run with Kane? Because we speculated that it might be interesting. Since Kane, I mean, look, Kane's still a monster. And I think Kane is one of the most underrated uh, performers in history. I mean, he's a guy who's been able to, you know, stay at least relatively healthy. He has stayed current. 
Um, he's evolved his character in ways where he's been able to kind of float in and out of uh, being a monster and, and kind of doing comic relief at times. Uh, he's gone through a phase now as of late. Again, he's tag team champion, so no disrespect as far as the role that Kane has, has been under as of late. But he, in, a, in a true sense, he's kind of been in that comic relief kind of place. Do you have the Wyatt family come in and as as this this demonic cult help Kane get in touch with his evil side once again, his dark side, if you will? Is it a program that they're going to run forward with? Or was it just, hey, a beat down of the biggest dog in the yard and we're going to see them uh, beat down someone else uh, next week? Uh, interesting fodder for conversation. Uh, what do you think about the whole Kane beatdown, Dave? Um, I mean, I think it's got a lot of if they if they have a set plan with them and Kane and the Wyatts are trying to find the evil in him and kind of recruit him into their family into their cult so to speak because you know Bray they don't they don't say the word cult they they refer to themselves as a family um, so if they kind of bring Kane into their family and try to you know bring the evil out in him again and you know use him to their advantage so to speak. Um, it definitely revitalizes Kane's character. Maybe even changes look up a little bit. I mean, the, the the mask would work, but you know, I think changing his look up a little bit would keep him current, especially with this with this gimmick. If they were to decide to go that route, um, I think if you were to if this was just a one and done kind of thing where they beat him down just to you know have a presence on television and show everyone that they mean business and that they're here, and the next week they beat up just another random guy, I think that would be a lot too much like The Shield. And I think a lot of people, are, you know, I mean, a lot of people want to see this, you know, The Shield and the Wyatts eventually take place, but they would be a strong comparison to how The Shield first formed. Um, you know, with the exception of in the beginning when The Shield first formed, Ambrose wasn't really much of the leader. It was all three of them kind of equal. This group is there's a difference, you know. Bray Wyatt is the leader of this family, and his followers, you know, uh, Eric Rowan and uh, Luke Harper. These guys are his followers, you know. So Bray's the one that's really calling the shots in this group. Um, I would like to see the the the, the, be, the first you know option I mentioned, you know, having them feud with Kane and trying to recruit him into the family and try and take control over him and bring this evil side out in him, because I think it's, it would just be too much like the Shield if they were to just attack random guys left and right. And I think you know, with the darkness of the of the the past of Kane's character, it would work really well and would actually be a new dimension to his character. Because, I mean, let's face it, the guy's been burned alive. He didn't have a voice at one time. He talked with a voice box. He's been committed to an insane asylum. He had his mask taken off. I mean, everything he's had, his parents died in a fire. You know, I mean, his girl, he, he, his, his girlfriend was killed in a car. Kane has had the worst social life in the history of wrestling that you have ever, I mean, you've ever seen. You know what I mean? He has buried his brother alive twice, and it hasn't worked because the son of a bitch has come back to beat him up. I mean, he's got the worst luck in the world. If you can't beat him, you might as well join him. So at this point, adding this la layer of craziness to his character, why not? I mean, you know, he's he's had it all done to him, you know, and then and in storyline terms, it's a it's a shock that the guy's not dead yet because of all the things that has happened to him. So, 
I would I would much rather see something like this with Kane and and the Wyatts and you know maybe some possible involvement with Undertaker. Um, you know, I mean, it's got a lot of potential. I mean, with it's got a ton of potential. Let me rephrase that. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, and and I think like again, going back to what I said, that thing that Kane is one of the most underrated performers ever. I mean, as you relay that, I mean, when you when you think about a guy that's you know stayed relevant and been been able to go through all those things you you listed and and invent and reinvent his character by by remaining Kane. I mean, we're not going to go back and discuss the the new Diesel or Doctor Isaac Yankum at all, but talking about just Kane. And, and what he's been through over the years and uh, how he keeps coming back and keeps reinventing himself and, and remains relevant. He's, a, you know, a tremendous big man, a, a great performer. And I just I, I would love to see where exactly they're going to go with this. I like the idea of this uh, family uh, bringing Kane into the fold and, and perhaps uh, influencing in him in some way, shape or form. Uh, here's food for thought as you brought up The Undertaker, and we want to know what you think. Here's a couple of things. You guys calling in, 347-838-9815. We want to hear your thoughts on the Wyatts and Monday Night Raw with their, their debut, what you thought of it. But if Kane is, in fact, out of the Money in the Bank ladder match, we'd like to know your thoughts on who his replacement should be. Because there's all sorts of speculation that Kane, Kane, the devil's favorite demon, may actually have brain damage. So, wow, that's... Uh, who knows, like, where they're going to go with this. But uh, if he's out of the money in the bank, who do you think should be taking his place? But as we bring up The Undertaker, do we, number one, do we see a Brothers of Destruction versus the Wyatt family uh, at SummerSlam? Do we see Taker's return, perhaps, coming at SummerSlam? And there's, there was talk of the Shield and... and but things change. So right now, I mean, the, the Wyatts are hot. Do we do we see them go in that direction? The other food for thought, purely speculation, but what the hell? Do we see your Brothers of Destruction versus the Wyatt family, and at that moment, we see Kane turn? Kane takes out his brother, and do we see another Brothers of Destruction match at WrestleMania 30? And, you know, these are all things that kind of are out there floating around. Who knows? This wide family thing is hot. These guys look like they're going to make a lot of noise. The youth are making a lot of noise right now in, in the WWE. Who knows? But I think the sky's the limit for this faction. I'm really excited to see where they're going to go. 347-838-9815. We want to hear what you guys think of what happened last night. We're going to go right out to the phones. We got Tony on the line. What do you got for us, Tony? Hey, I'm here. Sitting here in the dark with my lantern. <laughs> oh man, I think uh, you know. I, th I think um, we should uh, we should give this show an evaluation. What? I said I think we should give this show an evaluation. Yeah, this show, the the Ken Reedy show. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't know what the rest of the uh, Ken Reedy family thinks, but uh, maybe we should give you uh, maybe. Uh, we should give you an evaluation next week. No, I guess it depends on who's on the uh, the panel. Do I do I get to get evaluated by Vince, Triple H, and Stephanie? Because then I'm all for it. Oh well, yeah, yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think you know uh, it's more fun more than doing a Ken Reedy show evaluation. Maybe maybe we should start our own cult. 
we're damn near close enough. So, I mean, maybe we need to work on getting ourselves a compound and just start our own TKRS cult. It's coming. <laughs> Sorry, Gavros, what did you think of last night and the, the debut and, and the Wyatts and the beatdown and uh, so many things? You know, I thought I thought Raw was, I guess the best word would probably be solid, not great. Um Obviously, the Wyatts were, were the highlight. Uh, what did you think about that? I thought I I, I thought the uh, you know, like the, the uh, videos you know with the camera guy going into the house was good you know was good stuff. I liked this front you know like the Tron coming up on the video uh, on the Titantron, and then um, yeah, them attacking Kane actually you know was good. I mean I don't know if like if they're gonna have Kane like be on their side you know it's like it's not you know I mean Kane's been. The evil dark side man before, so you know, it's like it's not that'd be nothing new to him. But uh, yeah, like doing a uh, Brothers of Destruction versus Wide Family at SummerSlam, that that might that that could be interesting, you know. I mean, um, but you know, I, I as far as you know, like, I, I think I think that was the, definitely like the highlight of the uh, of Raw last night. Actually, actually, no, I I like the Sheamus, Daniel Bryan, and uh, Orton Punk matches. You know, as far you know, as far as the magic goes, as far as the storylines, you know, just like the stories go, I th- I think the, yeah, that the finally the debuting of the Wyatt family was 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 really good. Yeah, I really uh, I thought that they, I thought that he did a, did, a, did a really good job there. So what, what do you? Yeah. I mean, did did, did you like everything? I mean, you, you like the beatdown? You like? Uh, I mean, you, any speculation on where you think the Wyatts are going to go now in the future? I don't know. I couldn't say. I mean, like I say, just as long as it doesn't turn into Hillbilly Jim and the Godwins. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> that's a, that's you know, an excellent point. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, you know, even like you were saying, the, the fans are chanting Husky Harris. It's like, you know, it's like some of these smart marks, it's just like you just want to, you know, like give him, a, give him a smack in the head, you know. It's just like, oh, oh, look, we know. Yeah, we know he was Husky Harris. Look how smart we are. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and it's funny, like when you when you talk about like that, you know, I, I gotta say, and I, I I I've meant to say it earlier, but I gotta give props to whoever in the WWE composed that theme song and put the theme song together. Great stuff, really eerie. Uh, again, something different that really sets them apart from like other themes and other factions. I, I really get a kick out of out of their theme song. You know what it reminds me of. Uh, you know, I know some of you fans out there watch FX, but there's a television show called Justified, and it's about, you know, a U.S. Marshal, a southern U.S. Marshal, you know, down in Kentucky that, you know, tries to, you know, fight all the bad guys, and he runs across guys like this. In fact, I think in one of the last seasons, he ran across, like, a religious cult of some sort. I know you watch it, Ken, but it, this, this has that, like, like eerie, like, you know, southern backwoods, you know, justified kind of theme to it, which I think is different than what we have seen in years past in wrestling, which makes this really cool. I totally agree. You know, it's funny that you brought that up. Like, I, you know, I do watch the show, and it, it really, you hit the nail on the head. There's definitely uh, characters in that show that were definitely reminiscent of uh, the Wyatt family. So, uh, yeah, good call on that. And, uh, yeah, good theme song is kind of reminiscent, so who knows? Maybe they're influenced by... Uh, FX's programming of, of the Shield, the Shield uh, Justified. I'm seeing the Shield. I'm confusing everything now. Um, 
But yeah, definitely, uh, you know, because I'm excited. I mean, it's interesting, you know, a lot of the stuff coming out of wrestling and, you know, we, we talk about and we, we, you know, we do this show and we talk about things that work and things that don't. And essentially, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's like so similar. And even like, you know, look, no disrespect and not, not bad. I mean, we all love The Shield and I love what they're doing. But, you know, even their theme song is not like, you know, wow. You know, it, it's it's another wrestling theme song. Like, the Wyatts are just across the board so different than than anything else out there. It's just uh you know, it's like it's one of those things like I'm I'm hoping they show up on SmackDown. Like I can't wait to to see what they're going to do next. Uh you know, I, I thought it was a you know, a cool debut. Like I mean I keep saying like basic. They they came out and they, they beat someone down, but um, you know, I thought they made a statement and, and just really curious. Like I really the one thing I, I'm looking forward to seeing is is seeing uh, uh, Wyatt in the middle of the ring cutting a promo for a live audience to see how that goes over. Um, but really excited about what the Wyatt family is bringing into the fold. Any other thoughts on Raw, Tony? Um, I, I, I something like the scene, the John Cena, Mark Henry stuff with that you know the face off or whatever. I was alright, but I thought Mark Henry's promo was uh, was good stuff. And then you know, like the end where he just like. You know, Cena lifted him up, and then he felt, you know, he, you know, the, you know like, yeah, Mark Henry was too, you know, was too much for him or whatever, and then Mark Henry just gave him the world's strongest slam and everything. I, I thought that they, uh, I thought that that was good, that was pretty, uh, pretty well done, actually. You know, Mark Henry's been, like, really awesome on the mic, and it's just like, it's, you know, it's like, this is the, um, man, man, you know, it's like, I never thought I'd say that Mark Henry is one of my favorite guys right now. But, um. Yeah, he's, he's just I, been gold. He, he really is. He's just gold right now, and and it's it's working. And I I thought it was good. I thought it was a, a nice, simple confrontation. Uh, you know, we did talk. That there's an air of vulnerability on Cena that you don't see, uh, you know, all the time. I mean, look, you, you know, I get it. It's wrestling. I mean, one of the things like we all know John Cena can lift Mark Henry. <laughs> it's like, you know, John yeah, yeah. Cena's mo is to like try to lift someone once. He can't lift them up, and then. Down the road, he he lifts him. So I, I now I don't know if he's going to kick out because I, I mean we'll talk predictions on Sunday. Personally, I I would like to see Mark Henry walk away with the WWE title, but I I don't think there's any doubt that at some point on Sunday we're going to see John Cena get Mark Henry up and and land the attitude adjustment. So that's just that's setting that up. But I thought that segment was good. I, I you know I thought it worked. I thought John Cena showed at least, you know, there was a little corniness in there, but there was a lot of intensity. So I thought, all in all, that 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 promo worked well. It definitely did, yeah. And I, and I really hope Mark Henry does, you know, I hope they do put the title on him because I was actually thinking, I was like, I, what they did last night of having him fall over, or I, I don't know, I, I, mean, I think that that's actually how I would have had. I think I would have saved that for the match, you know, it's like have you know, like have Cena like you know. Beat, you know, beaten down or whatever, and then he goes to lift Mark Henry, and then, you know, he fought, you know, and then what happened last night happens, and then Mark Henry gives him a few world's strongest slams and then wins. That's what, I mean, that's what I would have done. Yeah, that's a good point, and, I, you know, it's not a bad idea. I kind of thought that last night that I just wanted to see uh, Mark Henry, like, I didn't want to see Cena get in any offense. I, I just, I wanted to see Mark Henry just beat the holy hell out of him. I was, I, I would have loved to see him, like, you know, pull out, like, Ten slams, just keep lifting up Cena's limp carcass and give him another, you know, world's strongest slam. Just keep slamming him until he's just done. But uh, 
Yeah, whatever. I mean, there was stuff nitpicking again, but I, I thought the segment worked well. You got anything else for us tonight, Tony? Uh, well, I think I'm going to give my thoughts on the Vicky uh, evaluation. <laughs> my God, <laughs> I was yeah. I was just like I I was just like oh my God, this is so it it felt like a really like it felt like a, a really bad version of of, uh, of the gut check, and that's like really saying you know it's, it's just like. Okay, Vincent Hunter or at all. It's this split, and then oh, we're gonna have Stephanie decide. And it's like oh, and then it's like they have to, you know, it's like and then they got to bring back the stupid app. You know, it's like oh, we'll let the universe decide whether Vicky stay, whether Vicky is uh, whatever. You know, it's like the G- the yeah. GM thing is is beyond stale. I mean, they should just ditch the freaking thing already. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement about ditching that. I, I mean, to me, it's like either ditch it all together or have one. You know, have a have a, someone who's a GM in charge of just television, and they're on Raw and SmackDown. It's just, I mean, to have uh, Maddox, Vicky, uh, Booker T, you know, it's uh, Teddy Long, you know, everyone. It just, it, it, you're right. It's, it's kind of tired right now. I thought the segment was mediocre at best. That was entertaining with uh, Vicky's temper tantrum, but I, I, I thought the segment was okay. And there was reports that. It was set up like that to kind of make fun of gut check, but I don't know. It just did. Again, it was mildly entertaining, I guess, when the tantrum came about, but uh, I thought it was a mediocre segment. Tony is the best blogger in the business. Be sure to check him out at thekenreedyshow.com, blogging on Raw, SmackDown, and Impact. As always, thank you for the call, Tony, and we'll talk to you Sunday. Oh, yeah, you bet. Take it easy, man. Yeah. And all I got to say right now, for all you smart marks out there that felt the need to chant Husky Harris, you may find yourself that we wind up going from the Wyatt family to this. Don't say we didn't warn you. Listen, if we see a hog pen match or a, or a pig swap match on a future pay-per-view with these guys, then you know that this angle has gone straight to hell. <laughs> They've gone too far. And it's funny because I really didn't think we'd have a Hillbilly Jim reference tonight, but you never know what direction the show's going to go in. Support <laughs> the gimmick! Or else this may be where we're going. Ah, the wrestling album. (laughs) You you know, you should have let me know ahead of time we were going to do this. I was going to go dust off my overalls and my best mud kickers and start doing a (laughs) two-step in the the living room over here. Christ almighty. God, I remember those days. But yeah, I mean, it's funny. You know, when the guy, I wish I could remember who posted it, but when he said that, it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, that would be the direction they would go in if they decided that they were going to, you know, that, oh, well, they just... You know, Vince McMahon is like, oh, they just, they just keep chanting Husky Harris. we got to, ah, it's just, uh, let's turn them faces. We'll make them comic relief for now. And that's that's where they go with it. That's, that's the direction we would see them going. And we'd wind up, you're right, we'd see a pig, pig slop match on, on Monday Night Raw. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We're talking Wyatt's here tonight. A little bit of Hilly Billy Jim, but whatever you want to talk about, go home, show. 
Last night on Monday Night Raw, Wyatt Family Debut, we're going to hear from you. Let us know what you think. We're going to go back out to the phones. we got Mr. Trivia on the line. Mr. Trivia, are you there? Yeah, how you doing, guys? Doing all right. How are you? Good. Thank God for WWE.com, or I would have never been able to see what happened on Raw last night. Unfortunately, I had to work, and I missed the Wyatt Family Debut, but uh, I thought it was uh, pretty interesting what I saw, and, uh, you know, taking out Kane and going to be pretty interesting. I think uh, the Wyatt family is probably going to go pretty far. Don't Like I said, don't know which way they're going to go with them, face or or heel, but should be interesting. So you caught the and, whole thing eventually? You, you caught all of Raw? No, I only caught uh, certain uh, certain ones on WWE.com. You know, I wanted to see that. I wanted to see the Vicky evaluation, which I almost pissed myself. I laughed so hard when I saw that. <laughs> uh, pardon my language there. And um, I saw the John Cena Mark Henry uh little little ditty there. I agree with you hundred percent on those uh constant slams to John to John Cena. Too bad it only stopped at one or two. Yeah, I mean but, I, uh, it's funny because I thought I, again, I thought it was a good raw. I thought it was it was a solid raw, you know. I know on the on the Facebook it's Facebook dot com slash the Ken Show, we do our grading of Raw and uh I'd I'd probably go C plus to B around there, like uh you know, I thought it was average. I thought you had some some real good matches. Uh, you know, I thought Punk Orton. I I, I loved that match, and obviously uh, Daniel Bryan and Sheamus have some serious uh, in ring chemistry, and uh, it was good stuff. Uh, but again, like even even with great matches, uh, the the thing that that struck me, and I think is striking most wrestling fans, is uh, you know everything surrounding the Wyatt family, and and. You know, the only negative we're hearing, honestly, is is the Baltimore fans chanting Husky Harris. But uh, as far as what the Wyatt family has brought to the table with their vignettes and, uh, you know, coming down to the ring and debuting is, is all been positive. And uh, I'm excited to see uh, where they're going to go with it. Purely on speculation, you know, we're talking about the Wyatt's... Uh, Mr. Trivia, I'm curious uh, your thoughts. Uh, where, do, where do they go with this... Uh, Kane's storyline going forward, and if Kane can continue uh, in the Money in the Bank, uh, who do you think his replacement should be? Um, I would probably, um, I don't know, maybe maybe Ziggler, maybe. um, Oh, geez, I don't even. I really haven't given it much thought. Maybe Ziggler, maybe uh, no. See, Del Rio's got a match. Um, so, so, so does Ziggler against Del Rio. Oh, oh, they do have. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. Uh, no, they haven't stopped off before from wrestling twice on pay per view. So, yeah, Wait. that's true too. That's true too. I don't know. That's a pretty good point, Ken. I never really uh, gave it much thought if, if Kane can go. I think uh, I think he'll he might be able to go. I'd like to see it. Should be. Uh, should be interesting. But one thing before I go, guys, because i got to head back into work again. Uh, I just snuck out a little bit so I don't get in trouble because i got to call the best show in the business. Um, one one quick uh, thing, guys, your opinion. I know the thing with Brad Maddox being the general manager is probably just uh, just for show and everything, but uh, if you guys had your, your pick, one guy, wrestler or non-wrestler, who would you pick as the permanent Raw GM? And do you think it should be a former wrestler? 
It's a, it's a good question. Uh, again, I, I I think for – and Dave and I are in agreement uh, as far as the GM thing that I, I think the GM thing, if they're going to continue with it, should be revamped. Uh, we discussed, you know, there's, there's no – you know, the, the two brands, I mean, everyone knows they're under one umbrella. I, I don't think you need I – mean, you definitely don't need four. So to have Booker T, Teddy Long, Vicky, and, and Maddox, uh, you know, it was just getting a bit excessive. Uh, I think it's been played. You know, to me, I wouldn't mind bringing back a, a, a legend of some sort. I mean, I, I always think of the, you know, the great talkers. Uh, you know, I think Flair would make for a, a good GM. Um, you know, I don't know if he's in a place to, to be on programming on a regular basis. A guy like Piper, uh, perhaps a Dusty Rhodes. Uh, I, that's a direction I would tend to go in uh, in making the GM. Someone who uh, is a re- really good, really good talker um, and, and bring them into the fold. But I do think that for that to work, they just need to revamp the GM uh, thing. What do you think, Dave? Um, I mean, you know, the names you brought up would definitely work, but um, I don't see those guys performing, you know, being on television in a full-time capacity. Um, one person I think that would be very intriguing, you can kind of, you know, you know, uh, take his character and go different directions with it, is JBL. What if JBL was the, the – He's rich. He's got a lot of money. You know, you can you can make him you know the, the the rich evil tycoon and you know boss of both Raw and SmackDown. Or if or if you wanted to you know have some fun with it, you can turn him into like you know the the badass like APA boss and maybe have some appearance with Ron Simmons. His office could be like what they used to have with the with the door. You know, with the APA sign, they're playing cards, drinking beer, smoking cigars. They make their executive decisions in there. Like, Simmons could be, like, his assistant or his bodyguard. And, you know, they could play off that APA relationship they have while he's still the boss. That could be somewhat of, like, a, a babyface GM role. Um, you know, I mean, there's different ways you can go with it. But I'd love to see JBL in that capacity. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's great as a commentator. And I love the fact that he's be- he's been back um, since the fall. But... He would be pretty cool in a GM role. Just, you know, him. N- not like 40 other people. You don't need, like, a U.N. meeting with, like, you know, Teddy Long and the Gobbledygooker and the Boogeyman and Hornswoggle <laughs> and everybody else that decided to drag out of the broom closet to put in this role. Just one guy. One person that makes a decision. Yes, there may be people under, a, you know, them that could, you know, give them ideas. But at the end of the day, there's one person that makes a decision. That's the boss. You don't have 12 people doing it for you. Yeah, that's. Uh, I agree with that. I swear to God, Dave, you must have that telepathy. What's that called, ESPN? Because I was, no. I was just no, thinking JBL. The Total Sports Network. It's yeah, ESP. Well, you guys are the total, the, the total package when it comes to wrestling, anyway. But well, um, I, I was thinking, I was thinking JBL, or I was also thinking, why not Jerry Lawler? But do you want to take them off the commentator's role, or have them kind of like do both? Guys, we'll talk to you on Sunday. Call. i got to get going. Have a great night. All right, cool. Thanks All right, for right. All right bye-bye. No topic. Take it easy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities to take either one of them off of commentary. I mean, JBL's been doing commentary for so long. I mean, why not? I think at times the three-man booth can get a little uh, convoluted. The one thing that – I think JBL is a good commentator, but i got to say, the one thing that, like, kills me is every time he's on camera – just this big, goofy grin. 
that like, and kudos to Michael Cole that you know when Michael Cole was talking about the Wyatt family and uh, you know visiting the compound. You know, very serious expression on his face. You know that you know we're sending out a reporter to to essentially visit a cult and, and kind of get the lowdown and and at least with his facial expressions trying to put that over and right next to him. It's just JBL, like, smiling ear to ear, like, yeah, I'm excited about this. Like, no, this is grim. This is not, you should not be happy about sending someone out to, to visit a dangerous cult. So uh, that kind of, I just got to get that out. But uh, I think JBL as GM and embracing a character again uh, would be tremendous. I, I think that'd be it'd be really good for him to be, you know, whether it's the uh, millionaire type character or the APA type character. Uh, either one, I think, would would definitely work. But uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I think he's, you know, he still could talk, and it would give him something to really latch onto, getting into a character. But uh, I think Dave, we talk about the GM and and where that's going. Uh, it, it's time to kind of go back to the drawing board and maybe rework there, out uh, whether you want to have There's no point in multiple GMs if there's not a brand extension. What separates Raw and SmackDown? The fact that one show's got red ropes and one show's got blue ropes? I mean, there's no there's no separation. The guys wrestle on the same shows. Okay, guys like John Cena and CM Punk aren't on SmackDown every week, but for the most part, the, the, the roster's interchange. What's the difference? Why do you need two shows? I don't get that. I mean, there are two GMs or five GMs or 12. You don't need that many people. No, I agree with you. I mean, it, it, it has gotten silly, you know, to the point where, like, do they, do they have GM meetings where they talk about the, the color of the ropes? Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, it just it, it's it's gotten silly. And it, it also, like, you know, I hate to say it, but, and you know, I'm not, again, I'm not a total, I'm kind of curious where the McMahon storyline is going to go going forward. But that kind of neuters the whole GM thing because, with the McMahons and, and Triple H floating around uh, often, you know that they have the the last say on on everything anyway. So it just kind of it, it it just becomes a very figure heady thing. Uh, it doesn't always work. I mean, SmackDown is just SmackDown's become hilarious. I mean, you just SmackDown will open with with uh, some sort of confrontation on the mic. And, and as just at that moment, that, that, that pinnacle where, oh, these guys are going to come to blows right here to start off SmackDown, the music hits. Holla, 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 hold up, players, hold up, players, hold up, players. And the match is made for the main event. That's every week. Dude, you know, you notice, too, here's another thing. You notice, too, when Teddy Long, when he announces the match, I mean, he's famous for taking a singles match and turning it into a tag match. That seems to be the big thing online if you look at those wrestling memes. But do you ever notice that when, like, he announces that there's going to be a match, he has, like, this, like, grim, like, dark, monotone voice when he announces that the heels are going to be competing. And then all of a sudden, he'll be like, and you'll be facing Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton. And he, like, gets, like, he gets all excited, like the baby faces, you know? It's like, you ever notice that? Like, he sounds, like, so disappointed he's going to announce that, like, Del Rio and 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 Mark Henry are tagging. But then when he gets to the baby faces, he, like, jumps for joy, like he's trying to get a pop from the crowd. You know, I... I never specifically noticed that before, but you're right. He does say that, you know. It's like, you know, and, and in our main event, Alberto Del Rio versus 
Sam Punk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then he does this thing where, like, he's got his, like, right hand. Like, he, like, he pumps his fist in the air, and his, like, palm opens up when he says the baby face's name, too. And we're like, the big show! And then, like, you know, he, like, leans over, and, like, he's, like, he's almost trying to high-five somebody, except there's nobody, like, within, like, two feet from him. Oh, jeez. We're just ripping poor Teddy Long. But you're right, though. It's 100%. 9815 is the number to call. You want to talk Wyatt family? You want to talk GM because we've kind of gone off on a bit of a tangent. Uh, where are you going to go with uh, Money in the Bank if Kane can't go? We'd like to hear your thoughts on who should replace Kane. 34783-9815. Back out to the phones. I believe we have Mike on the line. Mike, are you there? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's yeah, up? Ted, How are you doing? What's up? Teddy Long, Teddy Long reminds me of Kermit the Frog. I want to hear this comparison. Yeah, exactly. That's well, great. Yeah, cute. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like tonight on the it's kind of like tonight on the Muppet Show. You know, when he announced Kermit used to announce <laughs> guest stars. <laughs> You're right. Tonight on the Muppet Show, a very special guest star, <laughs> Sebastian Stallone. Yeah, yeah that's, that's basically what it is. Without Kermit the Frog, without Kermit the Frog saying "playa, playa, holla, holla." That's really fun. That's actually a really good comparison. I think they should scrap the idea of the GM. Uh, If they're going to do something like that, why not? And and, and him, I mean, uh, McMahon and them want someone to run it. Why not let Triple H just run it? I mean, they don't You know, it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, my point where, you know, with the man, McMahon's floating around. And, you know, there is speculation now that this McMahon family storyline may go until WrestleMania 30. There, there's, you know, you hear reports online that, you know, this this family drama is, is far from over. So if we're going to have the McMahon family on a regular basis uh, on programming on SmackDown and Raw, you know, it it, it totally neuters the, the GM's power. I mean, ultimately, the McMahon family is going to be having the last say on things. So, uh you know, I mean, what are we going to have now? Are we going to have this now? You know, are they going to move in the direction where Brad Maddox is going to be a figurehead and just Vince McMahon is going to tell him what to do on a weekly basis? It just, it's kind of silly. You're right. If you're going to have McMahon's on TV for the foreseeable future, then fire all the GMs and just have McMahon's be making decisions. That that would make the most sense. That's what I. That's what I'm thinking because. Uh... Brad Maddox, to me, is someone that just obviously is not going to be able to do anything. He doesn't wrestle. And then when he does wrestle, he loses. So uh, what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the sense? Um, the other thing is the Wyatts attacking Kane last night, that's how you come into wrestling. That's how you, you, make, a, you, know, you make a bold statement. You go after the, the craziest guy there, um, and you go after somebody, you know, you go after somebody and you make a statement. That's what mankind did when he attacked the Undertaker. He came right in after the Undertaker, and look at how much success mankind had against the Undertaker. So the Wyatt family coming in last night, I give them uh, two thumbs up. I liked it. I did too. I, mean, I think everyone. people, can. and you know what, people are going to chant what they're going to chant. They're going to chant Husky Harris. Good for them, you know. More power to you. If I was there, hey, I would have, I would have, I would have, uh, I would have chanted like, you know, you're, you know, you're Rotundo son, you're Rotundo son, something like that. <laughs> really? IRS. IRS. <laughs> I love it. 
some Sunday night uh, last night I didn't get to see I, I got to see some of it. I I missed the beginning. Did they show a tribute to Doink the Clown? As far as uh I've seen no. No. And uh what do you call it? and and I'll tell I'll tell you right now, WWE for some reason they um they've been under a lot of scrutiny with this. I've been reading a lot of people, you know, I have a lot of friends that knew um may he rest in peace map one going to clown. And a lot of people um were telling me that WWE like didn't want nothing to do with him. Um as far as, you know, letting the fans know, you know, that he passed away. And to me, you know, whatever happened with Matt Bourne and WWE, I don't know the story. But still, when someone dies that magnitude of a Doink the Clown, um, you know, I, I don't know. He he worked for you. I don't know why they just couldn't mention him. You know, it's just it's just weird. What do you think about it? I would agree. I mean, you know, you don't know you know, situations behind the scenes, but, you know, I mean, to me, you know, a man died. Uh, and, he, and he was a big enough deal. I mean, he, you know, he, he wasn't huge. He wasn't, a, you know, a main eventer, but uh, definitely a guy that, you know, again, if you're, a, if you're our age, uh, you know, a little younger, a little older, uh, you know, he's even, you know, he's one of those guys that even – you know, has a little bit of that crossover appeal where, you know, you say Doink the Clown and, and people know who you're talking about. I mean, he's... He no, was, you uh, say Big Josh and people know. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are your Big thoughts Josh, on this, Dave? Big, sorry, go ahead, Dave. Uh, I mean, you, you don't know exactly what happened. I mean, you know, there's a reason why Randy Savage is in the WWE Hall of Fame and, you know, there's been rumors about that for years. But, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe, I mean, there's been stories that I've heard for years of certain guys that have had really bad falling out with Vince, and Vince doesn't want nothing to do with them. But unless you know, unless he knows he's going to make money with you, then he'll bring you back into the fold. I mean, I heard a story once about, you remember Nails, the convict that used to that broke out of jail to beat up the big boss man? Well, apparently he socked Vince right in the face, and Vince fired him immediately. He's been blackballed from wrestling ever since. You never saw him after that. Um Corporal Kirschner, who was like the Sergeant Slaughter ripoff, I think he put his hands on Vince. Um, and, uh, you know, he, uh, he he wasn't, you know, he wasn't seen in wrestling ever again. He wrestled in Japan, I believe, but he didn't have a great career in the States after that. So, I mean, maybe Matt Bourne did something and had a disagreement with Vince or something bad took place, and, you know, him and Vince never spoke about it again. I mean, they replaced him. As a, there was another doink that came in like a year later. I forget the I forget who played that role, but there was another doink that ran, you know, towards the end of his run in WWE for like two years. Um, so I mean, Matt Bourne did the original incarnation for over, for about a year. Who knows what happened? But um, I mean, they they, they don't. Ha- I look at it like this. Yeah, they don't. I don't think they have an obligation with every single wrestler that dies. To, to, to pay tribute to them in some form or fashion, granted that they worked. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think that there's a huge obligation. Certain guys, yeah, like Randy Savage and, you know, you know other guys that have passed away that they, they pay some form of tribute to. So I don't know the whole story behind it. Um, I mean, it's it's a sad loss because he was a great performer even before he was doink. Like in the years in world class and his early days, you know, he was a great heel and he was one of the – he, he had a – a true artistic ability to be a heel, um, even before he did the doing stuff. So 
it's sad that he passed away, uh, you know, the circumstances, but we don't know why, you know, he didn't get, you know, memorialized, so to speak, on Raw. Not everyone gets it. I mean, Test died a few years back. He didn't get memorialized. Same thing with Umaga, you know. So who knows what the reason behind that is. No, Umaga got it. When when Umaga died, he got it. They put his face on the on WWE screen. I don't remember. I mean, you probably, I mean, I could be wrong, you know, but. By the way, the other guys that played Doink, uh, Ray Apollo, um, was one of them, and uh, the Brooklyn Brawler was another one. The Brooklyn Brawler has played everybody. Kim Chi, Abe Knuckleball, <laughs> Schwartz. I think he was Dink the Clown at one point, for Christ's sake. The Brooklyn yeah, Brawler I, I, will think do he, I think he was Luna uh, Bashan at one point, too, I think. The Brawler, the Brooklyn Brawler will do anything. That's why he's got a job there for the rest of his life. Same thing with Harvey Whippleman. Yeah, also a Knuckleball Schwartz or whatever the guy's name was. If you remember Knuckleball Schwartz. I just said that earlier. Oh, you did? I thought you said, oh, I, I thought you said Kim. I heard Kim Chi. I didn't hear the Knuckleball Schwartz. But uh, before I go, I just want to let you know that there's a company, a wrestling company, that's going to do something for Mapborn, Genesis Championship Wrestling. They're going to be presenting Wrestle War, and it's going to be a tribute to Matt Bourne because Matt Bourne had a lot to do with this company um, progressing. Um, so they're going to be uh, they're going to be doing that on July 27th at 4 p.m. And some of the wrestlers that are going to be there are Marty Jannetty, Nunzio, The Patriot, uh, and Zombie, and of course Magic's wrestling on the card. And uh, it's going to be in Ledgewood, New Jersey. But you can check them out, um, Genesis Championship Wrestling. They're on Facebook. Um, the owner's Terry Banner, nice guy. You know, a lot of nice things to say about that company. So you can check them out. But they took a stand, and they actually, all this money is going to be going to Matt Bourne's family, his kids and stuff. So they really stepped up to the plate. But, guys, um, are you guys going to be doing it on Sunday night? I'll give you guys a call if I'm not working. Sounds good. Yep, Sunday will be our Money in the Bank pregame, as always. Thanks for the call, Mike. All right, thank you very much, guys. Have a nice night. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Mike. It was interesting, you know, like we were talking about Doink, and this is like one of, like, as you kind of get into the business at least a little bit, which is a lot of fun, and, and doing the wrestling on fire stuff and uh, talking to Mario Savoldi. Uh, he was telling me, actually, that Steve Lombardi, they, they did a show, I believe it was somewhere in South America, where uh, Vince was, at, and it's funny how, you know, times change and everything and the business changes, but Vince was nice enough to uh, loan uh, Mario a number of guys uh, to do a show down in South America, and uh, Doink actually hurt himself like the first day of the tour, Matt Bourne. And uh, for the rest of the tour, uh, Steve Lombardi, a.k.a. the Brooklyn Brawler, uh, jumped in and played Doink for the rest of the tour, and that was kind of what started him uh, using the gimmick until Matt Bourne uh, was was healthy again. So uh, interesting stuff when you hear those little stories that happen uh, behind the scenes in in pro wrestling. It's really good stuff. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Uh, here's a thought, Dave. And as I'm looking at like Money in the Bank, and I'm curious. I mean, if Kane can't go on on Sunday, you know, do they look at you know someone perhaps in the Wyatt family? Um, I don't know about that because they're, they're billing this as uh, an all-star uh, Money in the Bank. So do you put uh, essentially a rookie in this Money in the Bank match? 
my thought is, do they do something on the night of the pay-per-view, perhaps uh, with the advocacy of uh, new manager Vicky Guerrero for one Ryback? Do they pull something off where, all right, at this point, the winner of Chris Jericho versus Ryback will wrestle again in the All-Star Money in the Bank match? That's 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 a good possibility, and that would be something that, you know, if Ryback were to defeat Jericho and get into the Money in the Bank match, it would start to build some credibility in his character. Um, granted, they are billing this as a Money in the Bank All-Stars match, and I don't know, they haven't really promoted it, you know, in terms of, like, the credentials of the participants in the match, but it, all these guys have experience in Money in the Bank ladder matches. They've all been either a WWE or world champion. I believe Michael Cole said that there were like 46 world championships and WWE titles combined with all seven of these guys. So um, it, currently on the active roster right now, there are several names that could replace Kane if they were to decide to go with this injury angle to sell the beatdown from the Wyatts. There's um, Alberto Del Rio, even though he's the world champion, and Dolph Ziggler. One of the losers from that match could slot themselves into the Money in the Bank All-Stars match. John Cena and Mark Henry, both former you know, world champion, WWE champion, they're having a title match. The loser of that match could insert themselves into the Money in the Bank match. You have The Miz, but I'd much rather not see that happen, so we'll just slot him <laughs> out of that option. You, you have the great Kali, another option I would slot out. He's a former world champion. Um, you have other guys like... The two guys who haven't been around in a while, Big Show and Rey Mysterio. You know, what, what a better way than to make a return, a surprise return, is to have one of those two guys enter the Money in the Bank All-Stars match. Not saying that they're going to win it, but it would add some unpredictability to, uh, as a factor into the match. So you have a lot of different options they could go with. You know, even Jericho, if Jericho were to beat Ryback. Um, Jericho's a former world champion as well, so... And a, w, a former WWE champion. He was the one that creatively on television invented the Money in the Bank ladder match. So it would be fitting for him to take that final spot. Um, there's a lot of different options they can go. Or they can just go with Kane's going to tough it out because he's a monster and go into the match and, you know, compete. And he just gets the crap beat out of him, you know, with, with the brutal brutality of it being a ladder match and really sell, you know, the – the, the, the brain injury or the, the, the cervical spine injury that they've been promoting on the website. I mean, there, there are lots of different options, too. Here's another option, too, that a lot of people haven't thought about. Granted, I don't think they'll go this route, but in the other Money in the Bank ladder match with a lot of the, the young and up-and-coming talent, they call it, I think they're building, I think they built it last night as the Future Stars um, Money in the Bank ladder match. Everybody in that match except for Jack Swagger has held a world title. Jack Swagger actually had a cup of coffee with the World Heavyweight Championship back in 2010. He could slot himself into that match if they were going to go by those credentials and that criteria. They haven't promoted it that way, but it, that's what it's coming off like with all the participants that are in this match. So there's plenty of options they can go with to, um, you know, to, to, uh, to, to replace Kane if that's the, the, the route they want to take. I personally would, wouldn't, I mean, as much as I like Kane, and I think he deserves a, to be in a match like this, I wouldn't mind seeing him getting replaced in this match so they can really sell the effects and the beatdown of this Wyatt family attack from last night. Um, and, 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 you know, adding another name is like another wild card, in a sense, into this ladder match because I would say with the exception of Christian, 
everybody else in this match has a legitimate shot at winning, you know, the, 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 the contract and cashing in eventually. I agree, and I, I think, you know, it just, again, builds on, like, the drama that the Wyatt family has brought into into the fold. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. I think you got to if, – if you chose – look, I, I mean, they could have gone in any direction. They could have, you know, at the end of last night, you know, have Kane, you know, kind of injured but walk off on his own accord. I mean, there's a lot of directions they could have went with the beatdown. They've chosen – to float the brain damage, cervical, spine injury, carted off on a stretcher. So, you know, when you when you decide to go this direction with the storyline, I think to to further sell the storyline, the beatdown, the uh, gravity of what the Wyatt family has brought to the table, I, I think you you got to pull Kane from the match. I think it's just something that has to happen, that he's, unable, he's physically unable to compete. Um you know, I, I would like, you know, it's interesting, and we were talking before the show, you know, if they went in the direction, again, they, they haven't specified that there is a specific criteria to be in the match, but, uh, you know, all former champions, um, but if they went the direction of Ryback versus Jericho, um, the winner gets in, uh, you know, one of the topics of conversation before the show between Dave and I was, wow, have you ever seen anybody fall so quickly as what we've seen out of Ryback. And we're talking a guy, look, a lot of wrestling fans, and, and including us on this show, had that dude earmarked for, if not the WWE title, the World Heavyweight title, real soon. Real soon. That that guy was going to be accumulating gold quickly. The crowd was hot. Feed me more. Feed me more. Lifting up two jobbers at one time and crashing to the mat. Just the, the crowd was just so into it. The feed me more chants were feverish. And then the building, the roof damn near blows off the place when Ryback plants John Cena uh, Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. And wow, like... I, I I mean it's it's staggering right now, looking at that character, and what direction they're gonna go in with him. He's gone from a monster that that earmarked for lots of gold to you know candidate for future endeavored. I mean it's this character in a few short months has dropped like a rock. Is this a way that they build him up again? We've heard that Jericho likes to help or be involved in putting over young talent? Do we see Vicky's return back into the fold as Ryback's manager, as Ryback's advocate? At the very least, Vicky is a heat magnet, uh, could help in getting the character over. Uh, it, it's a, I don't know exactly where they're going with this character, with the, uh, when he hugged Vicky. I mean, he's, he's definitely a... As much as he's a heel, he's a kinder, gentler, more sensitive Ryback now. So uh, I guess beating Jericho and then at least having a decent showing in the Money in the Bank could help the the Ryback character. But, uh, Dave, it's, it's pretty staggering how quickly Ryback has fallen over the past couple months. Well, I mean, I said that a few weeks ago. You know, I didn't see it coming. The momentum that he had with the Feed Me More chance, he was putting a pay-per-view main event with CM Punk um, or two months in a row. 
Um, you know, then the, the losses he suffered, you know, against Punk and the Shield and, you know, the, the Shield getting involved in his matches and then Mark Henry at WrestleMania. Um, you know, his momentum had really, you know, taken, you know, taken a downward spiral. Um, I think that the heel turn to take place the night after Monday Night Raw, especially in that building in New Jersey with the way that crowd was, you know, with the Fandango, you know, humming craze and, and everything else that took place that night, I don't think that was the best. I don't think that was the best place to do it. Number one, and this is you know, with all due respect to our European fans that listen to our show, you know, you guys like to boo John Cena, and that's your prerogative. That's your right. You know, that building was 100% against John Cena. You know, for the most part, the, the night after WrestleMania. So if you expected this heel turn to to come off really well the night after WrestleMania, where a major, a large majority of your audience is booing the guy the, the the guy that you want to portray as a baby face, then it it's not gonna come off real well. They popped big when he when he leveled John Cena. And 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 then from after that point it just didn't seem like it really caught on with me. You know, the excuses that he made, like he made an excuse that, you know, John Cena didn't protect him when the shield came to you know, to his aid, you know, and, and, and I just it didn't click with me. It really didn't. Like he had little glitches where like the heel character could have worked. Like when he destroyed Kofi Kingston, I thought that was awesome. I was like, that's exactly what he needed to be from the beginning. But I th- at that point it was too late. You know, putting him with a heat magnet like Vicky Guerrero, if that's the case, if that's where they want to go, I think that will work. I think that will get him a lot more heat. He's just shut up, not talk, because let's face it, when he talks, it. it, it it comes off very incoherent at times and very robotic in some cases. Let her do the talking. Look at look at what she's done for other guys. Dolph Ziggler, she she turns him into you know a, one of the top heels at one point a few years ago in the mid card, and look where he is now. You know what I mean? She was with Edge for a long time. Granted, Edge could talk, but it helped. You know, whenever you pair her with somebody, it's only it's only beneficial to the talent. So I think that would be the smart move is to put her. With Ryback, and I mean, let's face it. Vince said last night on TV that he's going to make things right with her. So maybe he gives her a job back as a manager, and then she goes and seeks out Ryback because he's the only person in the company, with the exception of Vince, that like embraced her and 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 hugged her and told her everything was going to be okay. You know, I mean, I I wouldn't mind seeing it. It would it would definitely help Ryback in the long term if they want to go heel with him if they want to stay you know, the course of him being a heel and then eventually being a top heel. But he's really dropped off since then. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's fairly shocking. I mean, you know, and, and you wonder what they're thinking behind the scenes. I mean, is this something? I mean, did they see it? You know, did they just think of him as a, a flash-in-the-pan kind of guy? Did they, uh, you know, just use him? He was just a way to you know, help get the shield over and, uh, you know, they, they really don't see him as a main eventer. Uh, you know, it, it's really curious when you look at how everything's evolved with him, uh, you know, what direction they're going to go in. And, and, you know, where do you go with him now? I mean, if, you know, if he's in Money in the Bank, you know, it, I mean, it's good in theory and, and you'd like to see him have a good showing, and I know it's pro wrestling, but, you know, some people, you know, people love to say wins and losses don't matter, and in some cases they do, and, you know, Ryback's a guy that is in serious need of substantial wins. I mean, they they put him in main events, and he loses. 
Uh, you know, this guy, you know, it's like if Ryback gets to a main event at a, at a pay-per-view, he's going to lose. Uh, that, that's the only thing that's, that, that's uh, been consistent with him is that he loses when he gets to the big stage. Um, you know, so losing money in the bank, uh, I think he's got to have a tremendous showing in the match to, for that to help him. Uh, I don't see him winning that match. So, you know, as much as it would be cool, the announcement beforehand, Jericho versus Ryback, winner gets in the, the money in the bank. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know, you know, if Ryback fits the bill as far as being Mr. Money in the Bank. Um, you know, or do we see, like, him actually win and, and cash in at the end of the night? Uh, you know, that that would that would definitely help uh, strengthen the character a bit there. Uh who knows? It's just fairly staggering uh, looking at where he's gone and, you know, how the characters evolved. And, and you really thought, you know, sky's the limit here. And it just, you know, really has, has fallen on some hardships, like looking at this character. So, uh, you know, I, I hope they figure it out. I mean, I guess the other thing also, Money in the Bank, you know, they could uh, not have a replacement. Kane could just be out and there's just one less person in the match. I mean, that would be the, the easy way to go. But, uh uh, I'd like to see some sort of replacement, something that kind of surprises everybody, adds some more juice to the pay-per-view. But uh, uh, the pay-per-view is definitely shaping up. It looks like a very entertaining pay-per-view. Uh, again, Monday Night Raw was a pretty decent Monday Night Raw. Uh, good, not great, but highlighted with some very good in-ring action. Uh, you know, start and finish of the show. Uh, first off, Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan, uh, Dave. You know, those guys... They can go, and everyone loves to look back to that famous 18-second WrestleMania match, but these two have a certain in-ring chemistry where uh, they just feed well off each other. I mean, Daniel Bryan is just tremendous. He's amazing, but it seems like something special happens when uh, Daniel Bryan and Sheamus get in the ring together. Yeah, no, these two these two can flat-out go in the ring with each other. Um, you know, granted, the 18-second match is probably the most memorable match in both their careers when you think of the two of them together, but um, it was just an awesome match last night. Um, you know, Sheamus didn't lose any kind of steam from losing to Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is the hottest thing right now in the WWE and probably in all of professional wrestling, everywhere. Um, so it was a fun match, and um, it certainly helped Daniel Bryan to in a way avenge a loss from Sheamus, because if I recall, the last few big matches they've had against each other. Sheamus beat them both, once at WrestleMania last year in Miami, and then the following month in the two out of three falls match of Extreme Rules. So it certainly helped that you know Daniel Bryan got this win over Sheamus and a lot of momentum, him being probably the heavy favorite. Um, you know, after last night, going into, you know, the, the Money in the Bank All-Stars ladder match. Um, I loved the match. It was, you know, it was a great way to start off Raw, uh, despite the Vicky Guerrero speech in the beginning. Um, Great match to start off Raw, and, uh, you know, I got nothing but good things to say about it. I mean, it's pretty amazing when you think about, like, the buzz in professional wrestling right now. And I agree, I, a tremendous matchup and uh, really enjoyable uh, to see those two guys go. And, and really excited to see uh, what's going to happen in the Money in the Bank ladder match at the pay-per-view. And, and all sorts of predictions and speculation and thoughts on the match. We're going to save that for you for Sunday's show. You know, every pay-per-view, that's, that's kind of why we schedule them on Sundays, 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, we'll be back doing our The Ken Reedy Show pregame show. So we'll be, you know, dissecting all the matches, uh, giving predictions, and uh, talking about what we want to see. But uh, watching the two of them go, uh, tremendous, tremendous athleticism. But it's I'm it's very interesting 
for me as a fan that when you go back, if you could go back in time to say January or so of of this year, um, or maybe a little bit before, like, and to think of mid year uh, in the WWE and the hottest things in the WWE, if not all of wrestling, the Shield, the Wyatts, Daniel Bryan. Uh, those are things that that got people talking. Those are the the hottest subjects in wrestling, and uh, you know it's interesting that the the tide is turning. Things are changing. We're we're starting. I don't know. You know, I don't know officially when the modern era began and what the era before that was and how that all like works out as far as eras go. But we're on the cusp of a new era. We're on the cusp of a. Uh, some guys being at least close to on their way out and the new blood really taking over. And, uh, you know, the next few years, you know, when you think about also like WrestleManias and main events, they're going to look much different uh, than uh, they've looked over the past few years. Uh, but I, I, it's very interesting. I would have never pegged, as much as I thought Daniel Bryan was extremely talented and is extremely talented, I don't know if I would have picked that he'd be the hottest thing on the planet uh, come mid-year this year. And you got... More young town and the Wyatts and the Shield. It's exciting to see that this is definitely, you know, I don't know if you ever have that moment in in history when you're you're a wrestling fan that you can actually pinpoint and, and you know put your finger down and say this is the start. It's generally like you'll look back and be like, oh yeah, this is kind of when when the beginning started. It's it's very it's rare at least for me that you you realize it right in the moment. And I think right now it, it's kind of fortunate we, we're in that moment. The the tide is turning. This is uh, the beginning of a new era, and it's really interesting to see that these are these new names are are the hottest things to talk about in pro wrestling, Dave. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's go down the list: Daniel Bryan, The Shield, um, Dolph Ziggler, the Wyatt family. You know, the NXT developmental system since Triple H has taken over it. And the way that they have structured it has produced, you know, a, a large amount of talent. Daniel Bryan, granted, he was not in the, you know, NXT developmental system, but, you know, he's leading the charge for this youth movement, you know. you got guys like Damian Sandow, Biggie Langston, you know, Cody Rhodes, Antonio Cesaro, Fondango, Wade Barrett. Um, hell, you could even, you know, go look at Sheamus, too, you know, he's a couple of years, you know, he's about four years in the company, but he's still relatively, you know, a, a, a new guy on the block, so to speak. Um, and, and Randy Orton's a young guy, too. It's not like he's old, you know. Randy Orton's only probably about, like, two years, three years old. I mean, he's, like, 32, 33 years old. He's still got a lot left in the tank. I mean, more than enough. So, you look at the you, you look at the youth and the and the depth on the talent chart, that they currently have, and then what they got down in developmental, because I've been watching a lot of NXT lately online, and there are a lot of guys down there that, you know, that are on fire and could be called up to television at any moment, in my opinion. I'm no expert, but I'd love to see them on TV right now. You know, you have one guy in particular, uh, Cassius Ono, who used to be um, Chris Hero in Ring of Honor, who was tag team partners with the now Antonio Cesaro former Claudio Castanogli, he is phenomenal in the ring. He can, he he's just he's got this different kind of style that like similar to similar to Cesaro in some way, but he also adds like a like a high flying mix to it. I mean, I can't wait till he comes on television. And the he's got kind of a Wyatt look with the long hair and the beard, but he's just 
I can't say enough good things about him. And I've heard he's done some great stuff in Ring of Honor, and I've watched some of his stuff in Ring of Honor, but, you know, seeing him now on the big stage like this, they're eventually getting to that stage. And even the girls, too, AJ and Caitlin, they're, I think, leading. I think, in my opinion, with the matches that we've seen and the way the angle is produced, they are this ver- this this day's version of Trish Stratus and Lita with the Divas division. If they could just get the rest of these Barbie dolls to actually do something athletic instead of just stand there and talk crap, then, you know, that'd be great. But these two are really the, the, the forefront of the Divas division. And, you know, I mean, overall, if, if, if tomorrow, if we had, you know, the Undertaker leave and Triple H just take more of a office role and John Cena take more of a part-time role and Punk kind of slowly fade out, I think, I think things would be okay with the guy, with the current crop of talent that they have. I mean, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention Alberto Del Rio. He's only three years into the, into the, into the roster and he's a talent and one of the guys that they look for, you know, to be a, a leader in the company. Eventually down the road, he's 35, 36. He's probably got another, you know, four or five good, good to solid years in him. So, I think currently right now with the with the way that they're portraying the youth on television, they're really pushing it. And I mean, let's face it. I said this last week. John Cena is usually in like used to be in like three, four, five segments on Monday Night Raw. He's on one segment on average every week. Daniel Bryan is in multiple, two or three segments. So, you know, look look at how they're planning this. Look at how they're building this now. They're building the, the youth. They are people may not see it, but they are kind of facing John Cena out. If you if if you ask me. Yeah, and he's a guy that I, I think you know this might be. And, and look, you know, regardless of, of how you feel about him, this guy's carried the company on his back, and you know, I mean, who knows, you know. Talent-wise, I mean, you know, maybe this the, the youth wasn't coming, you know, coming into wrestling. I mean, maybe there wasn't enough young talent. Uh, maybe it was uh, f- philosophically creative. But, you know, they, there was a period of time that creatively they would jam John Cena down our throats. And, and I get why people, are, are you know, get sick of him. And I think when people were sick of WWE programming, John Cena became the poster boy for just being sick of, of the programming in general. But, you know, th- who knows? This title run right now might be the last one. This might be, you know, his victory over The Rock for the WWE title might be the whole pat on the back, like, you know, here's your reward for uh, carrying us for as long as you have. You know, you're going to get your victory, you know, against The Rock at WrestleMania for the title. Uh, that could be his pat on the back. This could be the beginning stages of him being phased out. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't be surprising because, like you're saying, essentially, if he's not being phased out, his role is being lessened. Um, you know, yeah. and there, there's, you know, now they're, and like we said a few, few weeks ago, and there, it seems like they're hitting their stride with the three hours, giving uh, different people spots along the show. And the, and the show has definitely had uh, a better flow uh, than it did when they initially went to the three hours, but uh, it's it's exciting to see like where exactly they're going to go. I mean, you kind of throw your hands up in the air right now about you know going forward and like what you're going to see at WrestleMania 30 with this influx of of youth. Uh, you know, where are they going to go? What match are they going to be setting up? You know, uh, who's Taker going to face? I mean, it's interesting. Like, and I know that that WrestleMania is is a long way off, but when you look at how the roster is starting to shape up and guys that have, you know, very substantial roles. I mean, what we saw to the Wyatts last night, what we've been seeing out of the shield, you have young guys, not in like 
small, stupid segments, not in insignificant matches, but very young guys in very substantial, very important storylines. How does this evolve over time? It's it's just it it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited to see you know where it's all going to go. It's going to make for a you know doing this show. It's going to make for a lot of interesting uh, talk show fodder because you know what. They're not going to hit the nail on the head with everybody. Some guys were going to be really psyched with the way the characters evolve, and some guys are just going to shit the bed with. And when that happens, it just makes for interesting talk. But uh, I'm excited going forward and looking to see how this uh, year evolves. And again, getting back to Monday Night Raw, opened and closed with a real solid match. Uh, Really enjoyed CM Punk versus Randy Orton. Orton, a guy that's kind of been... You know, he's, he's real popular, uh, floundering as far as, like, real, real, meaty, substantial program. But uh, a guy who could still go, like you said, Dave, you know, not a guy who's over the hill. Real solid match between him and CM Punk. Yeah, it was it was a great match. Um, not as good as Brian and Sheamus, but it was still a great match in its own right. I mean, you and I were both in Atlanta at WrestleMania 27 a few years ago, and they had an awesome match in the middle of the card. To me, in my opinion, Randy Orton and CM Punk could be a future WrestleMania main event. I mean, hell, they could maybe even do it at 30. You know, I mean, who who knows? Um, great chemistry between the two of them. Some of the two of the best in the business. Um, you know, Punk's on fire right now, and Orton's starting to catch his stride again. He's not he's not as boring as a lot of people claim to be. I think it helped that he was involved heavily in the Daniel Bryan in the evolution of the Daniel Bryan storyline with this weak link stuff, and he's becoming relevant again. And uh, you know, I, I'm I'm enjoying it because I've always been a Randy Orton fan. A lot of the marks out there aren't really big fans of him. They think he's boring, but the dude's got it, and uh, he could certainly go in the ring. And I, I enjoyed last night's match with Punk. Yeah, I've always liked Orton. I think Orton's uh, one of the most talented guys I- I've ever seen. And I just think that when you put it all together, when you put, uh, you know, he's not the best talker, uh, granted. And I think that's why a lot of, you know, including us, a lot of people are proponents of him going heel. Cause it's just easier with this Viper kind of thing to be a, a heel. But uh, he's got a good look. He's tall and, and incredibly athletic in the ring. And so, I mean, and it's funny, whatever. And maybe, you know, I'm wrong, but there's certain things, you know, with Randy Orton. Yeah, I mean, again, it's wrestling. People repeat moves. I'll tell you, man, every time Randy pulls off that power slam, I, I, I pop just a little bit. I think it's it's tremendous just the athleticism of how he can pick up a grown-ass man and, and turn him and slam him as quickly as he does. So, uh, But uh, we're, we're actually out of time. So Money in the Bank pregame show Sunday. Tune in 6 to 8 p.m. For Dave, I am Ken. Thank you all for tuning in. Good night, everybody. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.